your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To the many who love this sport, it was 50 years ago this fall with pen and pad in hand at Old Civic Arena in Pittsburgh, I got my first chance to cover the National Hockey League. That was Mike Emmerich. 14 teams. Gordie Howe was a Red Wing. Bobby Hall was a Blackhawk. Bobby Orr was a Bruin. All three went to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Gordie Howe's son Mark and Bobby Hall's son Brett did too. At that time, there were still scoreboard clocks with sweep hands and a lot of players with good bare right hands. Time passed. Rosters expanded. The league did, too. Now 32 franchises. Although I've decided to put down the play-by-play headset mic at NBC, and they have graciously allowed me to do some essays like this in the future, a time like this makes me recall that we have seen a lot together. Snowy day, celebration of hockey in Buffalo. Not all of our games had a roof. Here comes Crosby. 12 years ago in Buffalo, there was the first replay through clouds from a plane. 21 seconds in. And later, a winning goal through snow flurry. Score! Penguins win! Then six years later, two original six teams, Detroit and Toronto, and the biggest crowd ever, over 105,000 at Michigan Stadium. Trying to win it. And another shootout. Five years later, hearing the famous victory march at Notre Dame, and two more original Sixers, Boston and Chicago, walking over that fabled gridiron. We saw some Olympics, too. Zach Parise out of the netball scramble! A decade ago, a gold medal game that required overtime between the two North American powers in Vancouver. Crosby scores! The gold medal to Canada! And four years later, in a memorable game in Sochi, when the home team Russians saw an American named T.J. Oshie score four times in a shootout, including the clincher. Team USA wins! I don't know about you, but I still get chills seeing the Stanley Cup. And knowing how professionals paid well during the season. Forget everything and raise pain thresholds above broken jaws, black eyes, stitches, and a lot we can't see to win a title and get the name their parents gave them engraved on this trophy. Oh, sure, things change over the 50 years. When I arrived, helmets were optional and then required of new players. Visors were optional and then required of new players. We went from one referee to two. Goal judges once sat in chairs behind the net. Now video replay helps make those calls. We have a goal on the ice. But much of what I love, perhaps what you love, is unchanged from then to now and into the years ahead. I love that coaches still yell and arguments can happen. I love that goalies can occasionally still score goals. That sentiment can't enter even into what number a player wears or gives up. That banners, like jerseys, aren't just cloth. They represent sacrifice. 
I love that when fans pay the price of admission, in addition to the game, they can get to see kids get a lifetime memory. Get to see one of their number experience joy. Or get to be in on a surprise reunion of someone serving the country. And speaking of that, to have those who have served on the ice when the anthem is sung, I never tire of that, do you? And I especially love when the horn sounds and one playoff team has won and another, of course, hasn't. All hostility dissolves into that timeless, great display of sportsmanship, the handshake line. 60 years since I saw my first game, 50 years since I first reported on the NHL, 40 years of calling NHL games, and I am always heartened to see this. I hope these days find you well. We are well here. In the meantime, I will be at home with Joyce and the pups. It's a circus. And perhaps in the future, I will have something to share with you, but hoping you can stay safe for now. And like me, watch for the start of next season. I leave you with sincere thanks. Your hockey friend, Doc. And with that, I welcome you to the Locked on Avalanche podcast. And not to start the show off on a somber note, but it's a it's a sad day, you know, for for millions of hockey fans out there, myself included. So many of us have listened to Doc Emmerich for as long as we've been alive. And that's me. I fall into that category. And as the years have gone on, I asked I did it at the end of this season, when Tampa Bay was hoisting the cup, I asked myself for guys like him, like, how many more years are they going to do it? And you really appreciate and you don't take for granted that guys like him are still calling games. One of my favorites of all time is Dick Enberg, and I did the same thing with him. I, I just love how the classics call games. And it's, you know, when, when I woke up this morning... Brought up, you know, my emails and social media pages, and Doc Emmerich is trending. And for him, two things went through my head. Neither one of them good. One worse than the other was that something catastrophic had happened to him. And the other was, in my head before he even clicked it, that he retired. And, you know, I was glad to see that it was that, first of all. But then instantly followed by, this this stinks. Because he's the voice. He, he is the voice of, of hockey. And he is the last of, like, I want to say, the. I'm trying to think of the top of my head, who, who, who else is, maybe Al Michaels is still left. So maybe he's not the last of a breed, but he's the very few left of a dying breed where you would tune in for him, to listen to him. If you weren't a fan of the two teams playing, you would still tune in because he made the game so exciting to listen to. And that's something special. That You don't tune in just to any game. I mean, you might tune out of a game now, the way that you know sports are kind of adopting these days. It's just, oh, you used to play the game? We'll throw you in a booth because you know people might relate to you because you played quarterback. And those are very hit or miss. And the era of 
people paying their dues, starting on the bottom, working their way up, is are pretty much gone. So for for Doc Emmerich to hang it up, I get it. I don't know if it's, you know, COVID related and, you know, he can't travel as much and because he's in you know, he's he's in his seventies, so he you know, he's in that demographic where it could really affect him if he were to catch it and he doesn't want to risk it. If it's that, totally understandable. If it's not that, understand that too. Guy put in almost fifty years worth of calling games. So uh, it's it's a sad day for sure, but uh, the good thing about when, when guys like him retire now is we have the internet and we have YouTube and we can go back and listen to calls like that. And that video, man, that's getting saved because that's something I'm going to go back to. When my kids get older, I'm going to show them that video. You're, I'm going to bring up YouTube and and just have calls by him. The the verbs that he would use, the verbs that he would come out with, seemingly off the top of his head, but they weren't. They were there. There was reasoning behind some of the words he would use, but they just seemed so like ad libbed at the time. He he's he's a legend, and he will always be a legend. And uh, a lot of hockey fans out there are going to miss him. I know that's not specific to the avalanche. And I know this is an avalanche podcast, but when things like that happen, you have to talk about them. So, uh, this is just a, you know, a a small show dedicated to the small time market, Colorado avalanche, but doc Emmerich, uh, thank you for literally being there the entire time I've been alive and have been a hockey fan. You have been the voice where they go from here. I don't know. I, my vote, I could say Kenny Albert deserves it, and he's, he would be great to step in. Who knows where they're going? I don't know how long NBC's been in the loop of this. If they made that video, they were obviously aware of it a while ago, so I'm sure everything's in motion. It's probably been in motion for the past couple of years of who would be re- replacing him whenever it happened. I haven't heard that they said it'd be Kenny Albert, but he would get my vote. But right now, it's Doc, thank you. That's all I want to say. And I know millions of people out there are thinking the same thing because you're one of the best and always will be. All right. A couple other things to get to today. Before we do that, we're going to hear from our sponsors of the day in rockauto.com and chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and the do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear just like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts and to tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why not or why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us section so they know that we sent you there. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, 
all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Also brought to you by Built Go. And you know the whole Built Bar line of products. And they have a brand new one with Built Go. And you see commercials all the time about hitting that wall halfway through your day, no matter what job you have. And the coffee has worn off around noon or 2 o'clock. And you need a pick-me-up. That is where Built Go comes into the equation. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break through it with Built Go every single day. It's an easy-to-take one-and-a-half-ounce package. You can put it in your briefcase, your desk drawer, wherever you can stuff it. And it'll be ready for you, ready and waiting to get you through that barrier. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, coconut, chocolate, and chocolate mint. And you can go to builtgo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED, and you get 20% off of your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED and 20% comes off of your order at BuiltGo.com. All right, I said that yesterday I did a segment on the national show, the Locked On NHL show, with uh, Sarah, who runs the Locked On King show, and she also does a couple days of the Locked On NHL segment, or Locked On NHL show, like I do for Thursdays with Adam Denker of Locked On Lightning. Uh, for the time being, anyway. So, Sarah asked me to come on the show. That is available, obviously. It came out yesterday, but I figured, you know, for some of the people that don't gravitate over to the Locked On NHL show, uh, I'll put it on here. And they they had one of the hosts of Locked On Sharks on for the majority of the show to talk about uh, the big loss that they had um, in Joe Thornton leaving. So that took most of the sh- most of the show up, and then I came on towards the end. So I wanted to plug that in to here so people could talk about it. Because whenever you get a chance to talk about the Avalanche on a bigger stage, we like that. So uh, we'll play that for you right now. Well, it's never too early to start talking about the Stanley Cup, and it seems like as soon as the Lightning lifted the cup and the celebrations were done, or maybe even before the celebrations were done, uh, talk already started turning towards next season. Even though we don't know really when next season is going to be or what it's going to look like or anything like that, we're already getting odds from you know all the sports betting places and everything all about who is the favorite for the Stanley Cup in the 2020-2021 season and right now the one that keeps popping up to the top of everyone's lists is the Colorado Avalanche so I've got Chris Maselli from Locked on Avalanche you can also hear him on Thursdays here on Locked on NHL uh, to tell us about the outlook for his team so the NHL Network uh, posted some some rankings, some uh, betting ranks and probabilities and stuff, and they had the Avalanche at the top. Uh, Mike Johnson on the NHL Network also agreed with that, kind of saying the Avalanche were his clear number one for a potential Stanley Cup winner next season. How do you feel about that? How does that make you feel about your team? That's a lot of pressure, man. Like you know, They're starting early with, I think it was like the next day after... Tampa Bay won uh, was when I saw odds come out. And yeah, the ads were at the top of that list. And this was before, obviously, like, you know, 
the draft, before free agency, it was the earliest you can get to have odds come out. And that's a lot of prep. Now, like you, you have that target on your back the entire season and the entire off season, however long that may be. So people are going to be gunning for you now. People, you know, teams are going to be gunning for you, which they should anyway. And, you know, the general public is going to be like, you know, oh, that that avalanche team, which they don't get a ton of press. They are. And a lot of people are going to be looking at them saying, show me what you got. So this is and they're still a young team, but they're they're pretty seasoned. So it will be interesting to see how they handle it for sure. I think they'll be okay. Um, But if they get off to a slow start, people are going to be jumping all over them to saying like, maybe they aren't who we thought they were, but I don't, anything can happen, but um, I I think they'll handle it pretty well. And I think part of the reason why they handle it well is because of the guys they have on their team. And one of the moves that they made for, for bringing, you know, Brandon sod and another veteran guy who's been there and knows how to handle stuff like that. Yeah. That deal was uh, whenever we talked about that uh, on the national show, right after it happened, uh, my kind of take on that was a, I don't know what Chicago's doing. B, I don't know why people keep picking up the phone whenever Joe Sackett calls them because he just keeps getting all of these great deals. He got yeah. uh, Brandon Saad. He also got uh, Devin Taves from the Islanders because they're in kind of a cap crunch of their own. And otherwise the Avs are mostly kind of bringing back a, a pretty solid amount of the guys that they had next season in, and while still adding uh, these, these players, Taves yeah. and Brandon saw, they also got Dennis Gilbert, who's kind of going to be a depth guy. I'm assuming um, how, how does the avalanche keep, I feel like the avalanche are one of those teams who are in talks for every big free agent. They're in talks for every big move. How, like, how do they do it? How how do they how do they keep finding the money to do this? I, I'm, uh, I'm amazed. Yeah, and it's it's impressive. Like Joe Sackick, he, I mean, if you ever seen the movie Tommy Boy, they say he could, uh, you know, Tommy's father could sell a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves, and that's pretty much Joe Sackick. <laughs> like he 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 is he works his magic, and he you know he he knows the numbers, he knows what he can afford, what he can't afford, and he doesn't go over that. He has a strategy. They have a strategy and they stick to it. Um, you know, I, I know he wanted Taylor Hall. He wanted him at the trade deadline. Couldn't get him. He was not going to give up, you know, pl- you know, certain players that I'm sure the devils wanted at the time. He was not going to reach for that. And he didn't. And then free agency came up and he had a number. He had a number that he was going to offer him that he was comfortable with and Taylor Hall obviously didn't bite on it. I was like, okay, fine. We're not going to go over that. So he goes elsewhere, and he comes up with moves like what he did with the the Chicago deal, which is a really good deal. They, you know, Zidorov just didn't fit with them, and and we kind of knew the writing was on the wall for him. Uh, but to get Brandon Sod and even have the Chicago retain a million dollars, like everybody's in a cap crunch this off season. So any money you can save anywhere is huge. So even a million dollars that, that, you know, the Blackhawks are soaking up helps them. And the, the trade that I think was just a miracle work was the one with the Islanders. Like he knew they were struggling and under the gun and to go get Devin Taves for two second rounders, which the, the avalanche have done their damage in the past 
three, four years in the draft. And they have built up a lot of prospects. So now they are on the downside of that and are kind of like reaping the rewards. And those guys haven't even really come up yet. They're still in college and other leagues and Canadian leagues, wherever they're playing, and they're still like honing their their game. So they haven't even had to dip into that pool yet. So they ha- they have been awarded that benefit of being able to part with second round draft picks, which are going to be late round draft picks, hopefully. Um, so it really doesn't hurt them that much. And every move that he's made in the past four or five years is all leading up to today when they are a favorite to win it. It's just been, it's been a, a turnaround and it, the turnaround was quick because they had that awful season. The very next year they made the playoffs, which nobody expected them to do. And from there, that point on, the moves he's been making, he's just struck gold with every move he's made, including, you know, like the Val Nachuskin signing, which nobody thought that would pan out. And look what he's done. So he just has the golden touch right now. So it, it's I'm just sitting back and, and you, as a fan, you just kind of trust what he's going to do is going to be the right move. It's been pretty remarkable to the patience that he and the, you know, the ownership of the avalanche have had from that, that one terrible season where I feel like everyone was just like blow everything up mm-hmm. and they, they just stayed the course and have become kind of a, the team to beat and b the team to emulate for a lot of people of, of yeah. looking at how do you build a team, especially if you have a young superstar like Nate McKinnon, how do you build around him to be able to take best advantage of his peak years? And the avalanche are really, you know, even though they haven't quite gotten gotten right. to the goal yet of the Stanley right. cup final, they, they are making their progress there and every year they look better and better and yeah. more dangerous. And all the odds makers are saying maybe it's next year. Yeah, it could be. And, and you know, that, that awful season that they had, that wasn't that long ago. He even came out and said, all right, you know, we're open for business. If people want to make deals, the only one I am not trading is Nathan McKinnon. Everybody else is on the table. And that included Captain Gabe Landeskog, um, you know, Rantanen, and everybody was on the table. And he didn't make a move. He, he wasn't happy with any because I think people were probably trying to lowball him and get their better players for next to nothing. And he's like, no, uh, I'm and he he pretty much kept the team intact and then did some damage, uh, you know, in, in the offseason, in the draft. And it's just been it's been fun to watch, really. And and now, yeah, like you are given the 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 honor of being the favorite to win next year the day after Tampa Bay wins it, like I said, before any draft, before any free agents. And that that's a fluid thing. You know, that changes, you know, a, a lot between that, between then and when the next season starts. And even through it, even through the, the draft and the free agency market, they're still up there. You know, nobody really, I mean, people made some moves, obviously, but like, you know, Vegas signing Petrangelo and the Blues getting Krug and, I don't think Buffalo is going to shoot to the top of the standings with, you know, Hall. but like the, the, where the big guys went still didn't overtake the avalanche in what the odds makers thinks, thinks that they are. So it's, it's going to be an exciting season. And then one last thing, one last bit of news that actually came up right before we started <laughs> recording was that uh, the avalanche re-signed Tyson Jost to a one year deal, uh, kind of getting him uh, avoiding any sort of, 
prolonged negotiations. He signed his qualifying offer and they are set with him. Uh, do you think next year's going to be him taking on a bigger role on the team? Is he kind of settled into to where he's at or is this going to be a kind of a show me deal for him? Oh, it's a show me deal. Yeah, they, they, this is a one year deal for him. He he needs to really, really step up and be more consistent. He's not um, he's probably starting on the fourth line um, and, and because of the moves the abs made other guys that have just kind of bypassed him. And some people are even thinking like he might not even be on that fourth line. So he really needs to step up or this is going to be it for him. Um, he's kind of like polarizing in the fan base. More fans are, are just saying we need to move on. And Joe Sackick really doesn't work that way. He gives guys multiple opportunities and I think for Jost, this, I think he knows it, th- this could be it for him. You know, he got a one-year deal. <clears throat> I th- there were rumors that they tried to trade him to Florida. And then um, the Islanders deal came across. So they retained him. And, you know, he, it took him a while to sign. He, he was the very last one. He's, now they're done. Like, they, they have their team. He was the last piece that they – well, the, the Taves arbitration is coming up. So they have to get him signed. Mm-hmm. But um, – and the re- I mean, it was just, why did it take so long? Because I think they really did try to move him. And when they couldn't, they gave, he, he basically is playing on the same contract he did last year. So mm-hmm. this is a do or die for him. And if he repeats what he did last year, you might be seeing him in a Seattle Kraken uniform, if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's going to be, there's a lot to keep an eye on with the Avalanche who, uh, like we said, have become kind of the model of how you build a team and how you, how you work through whatever changes you need to work through. And uh, yeah, yeah, Joe Sackick has a plan and we're going to see exactly where that plan ends up whenever hockey comes back, which we don't really a hundred percent know when, when that's going to be, but uh, you will be there to tell everyone all about what's next for the avalanche. So for people who want to learn more, who want to maybe get on the bandwagon early, given that they are <laughs> Stanley cup, where can they find you and your show out there on the internet? On uh, Twitter is where I do most of my damage. So L O P N underscore avalanche uh, is the Twitter page. And then if you want to follow me personally, my, my Twitter handle is within my profile of the locked on avalanche Twitter page. So, uh, but most of my stuff's done on, on the, LOPN underscore avalanche or Instagram. Just search for lockdown avalanche. Sounds great. Lots of great things to keep up with coming up in the future for the avalanche. So thanks for jumping on the show and uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens next for your team. Absolutely. Love it. Thank you. All right. And thank you to Sarah for having me on the uh, lockdown NHL show to talk about our abs. Always fun to do and definitely check out that show each and every day to hear what's going on around the league. So that's pretty much going to do it for us today uh, because of the way the show started. I didn't get to our social media outlets, so follow the show on Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Locked on Avalanche. Send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. Right now, the Val Nechuskin poll to vote on is up for his 2019-2020 grade. And uh, so far, it's a pretty good diverse collection of votes kind of up and down the board without the i don't think there's any failing grades for him right now so i think it's a a wide variety between a b and c 
So there's still time to vote on that. That will go till around 7 or 8 o'clock at night. So, uh, like I said, that's over at Twitter. LOPN underscore Avalanche. Comments, any comments, uh, and kind of the best comment, I'll put in a nice, neat little graphic that'll go up on Twitter and Instagram as well, as you have been seeing. So, uh, vote and make your voice heard on Val Nachuskin and his season. So, that will be it for today, everybody. Uh, Thank you for tuning in today, each and every day. And, yeah, this is day one of hockey in our lives without Doc Emmerich. So, uh, once again, a big thank you to him for everything he has done. And uh, hockey won't be the same. So, we move on to a different era starting today. That will be it. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go! Go!